Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Jen. And today, you guys, we are going to be chatting about things we wish we knew before we started reselling. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have a laundry list of things for all of us to go through. <laughs> I'm pretty sure our listeners do, too. So we'll see you at the table. Uh, I, I think this is so interesting because... I had no like preconception of what a reseller even was. I didn't even know a reseller was a thing. Me too. I didn't know reselling was a thing. I say that I've been on eBay for a long time, like selling my things here and there just to make a little bit of extra money. I used to also sell like my textbooks. I remember after, you know, school was done and um, that was probably the extent of my reselling. But again, it wasn't like, I knew that it was an industry or like a thing or that there was this whole network of people that have been doing this for a really long time. Like reselling is not something new. Like this has been going on for a very long time. So I didn't know that there was like this vast network and like people who actually like professionally hunt. (laughs) I know. And like have avenues of social media to promote this stuff like that was mind-boggling to me when I figured out that there was a reselling community on Instagram like I thought that was so bizarre because I didn't actually understand what that like what this was like I just sold things because I wanted more money or like I don't know I had to pay a bill like I just needed yeah 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 or like for me even like thrift hauls when I first heard of thrift hauls I thought of like I found this at the thrift store for myself, Mm. right? That's kind of what I thought like a haul was not like something to resell. So it is kind of interesting because like we've been in this industry now for more than, more than a couple of years now, I I would say like almost four, four, five years, six years now. And, um, you know, we've learned a lot. And I think that a lot of us have, are so intertwined in the reselling community and we don't realize that like a lot of people don't actually know about this and that this is a real thing and that people actually do this and like you know I think you get so like blindsided with what you know you think everybody knows this (laughs) yeah it's true and like so there's instances where people ask me like oh what's that other thing that you do on the side besides your part-time job it's really like another job and I'm like I sell secondhand clothes and things and they're like wait, that's like an actual thing that people do. Like they're mind blown by it. And then when I tell them like, yeah, I have a podcast and a YouTube and they're like, what? Like it's, they just don't understand it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I, like you said, I don't think it's something at least, at least not within the last few years, like maybe two years, definitely a big change. I think that reselling, especially as especially with Poshmark becoming Mm. more and more popular and seeing more and more commercials, right? For example, of Poshmark, it is becoming more common and people are getting, oh yeah, you just resell your stuff. Like I get it, you know, but again, I I don't, I don't know if people know that there are people at these really high levels doing this type of stuff. So I think that was like the big thing that like, we really didn't know about reselling that reselling was really a, a thing that you did. Like, yes, you resold, your things here and there, but to actually go out and like hunt for things that are not yours and right? make big money off of it. <laughs> yeah. And make big money off of it. That, that is like mind blowing. I think yeah. when we found that out. 
I want to go back to um, what you said. People associate selling things online with Poshmark, which is so interesting to me. And it just shows how well like the modern generation of social media and like marketing works because no one ever really mentions eBay when they say, oh yeah, I can just take pictures of my things and just put it on Poshmark. It's literally word for word what the commercial says, like take an item, take a picture and just put it on Poshmark. Like they they have actually done really well with that, like in terms of outreach to people, even though eBay is like the global market of it all, Poshmark's been really smart with their marketing and getting the average person to understand, like you just snap a picture and put it on Poshmark and like it will sell. So yes, yes. that's always I think really interesting. That Poshmark has made it easy for the average consumer, you know, and then that's where you've got like then Mercari's and offer up now. And then Facebook started getting into it too. So it's, it's been very simple. Like even my, my aunt who is selling her, her house, uh, you know, she says she's been living in for about 40 years now. She's got all her stuff on Facebook marketplace, you know, and she's like selling it all that way where before, you know, she used to do yard sales yeah. and now she's like doing it this way and she's getting way more money mm-hmm. doing it this way than she would have ever gotten at a yard sale. You know, the consumer is getting smarter when it comes yeah. to making money and you can tell the government's taken notice of it with this whole new $600 thing that they put in place for 2022, where, you know, you make 600 bucks, you're getting a 1099, no matter what, even if you're just a person who sold your things online, just because like, you know, it's definitely an up and coming trend. Uh, Before we get into our list of things, I want to mention one thing on here um, in case you guys don't know or haven't heard when this comes out, Poshmark released yesterday, a like select all bulk sharing feature on the yes. desktop. Uh, I did try it yesterday. It's a little clunky. Uh, I don't, it's definitely a prototype. Like you have to go into your closet, hit available items only. Then you click the select all button and you have to scroll all the way down so that it gets all of your items that are available in your closet. And then you can share a uh, little annoying on that front and there's still captcha that pops up mm-hmm. like it's your own tool why did you make captcha a thing i i don't know <laughs> honestly from a technology standpoint like they, does that even they, make any sense they really <laughs> confuse me a lot yes. i'm just surprised that they would go live with uh with what they go live with so yes. that's all i'm gonna say I'm curious to see what the app version will look like on Monday when that gets released. Hopefully that's a little smoother and honestly more convenient for more for most people. I don't think this is going to replace bots though. I think this will be like one of those things where you do on occasion. So Poshmark sees that you're using their features and you're in their good graces. Like that's what I see this being because you can't relist, you can't follow back, you can't share back. Like all the things that Poshmark VA and all these other bots do. Poshmark is not doing that. So just putting that out there. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So hopefully though, that we said that this will become a better tool, you know, and a good tool for people um, because it is something that everybody's been asking for, for a very long time. Uh, Like for six years. So, (laughs) (laughs) all right, let's get into our list. So the first thing that I put on here was um, before I started selling or when I first started selling, like what is a bolo and what does that really mean? I remember people saying bolo all the time. And I was like, what the hell is that? What is a bolo? Who cares? Yeah. Like, what does yeah. this mean to me? So I, I would say that bolo, I didn't know what that meant either, but 
I kind of figured it had to be like some kind of a retail term just because I was a buyer for many years. Yeah. We used to have a term called BOGO. Yes, BOGO, BOGO, I know. Right? <laughs> and do you remember, but I remember like what was it? Payless made that really yes. popular in like yeah. the general public. And that was normally a, a retail term, right? So that, which was buy one, get one free, right? So I figured BOLO had to be something kind of similar to that, but I didn't know that I was like BOLO, like, what does even that mean? So for those of you who may not know, most of you would do, but BOLO is be on the lookout, right? Mm -hmm. So that can mean a um, plethora of things, not necessarily, yeah. you know, be on the lookout for denim jackets, be on the lookout for this brand, right? Mm -hmm. It can be anything and everything, right? What a BOLO list, BOLO brand, BOLO styles, whatever it is, just be yeah. on the lookout. And how consuming this is, Jen. <laughs> this is so consuming. Oh, a bolo list? Yes, just bolos yeah. in general. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I think bolos can be really overwhelming to anybody, mm -hmm. too, especially when you first start, because I know that's what I was trying to consume. What are people looking for? What is it that people want? And the thing about bolos, too, is that you really do have to be very cautious and careful about bolos. Um, I can't recall who it is, but somebody on Instagram I saw actually had a really good um, definition kind of about a, a bolo, you know, and they talked about, um, gosh, what was her name? I really want to give her credit. Per, I don't know. I know Ashley from Requap has a bolo list well, that she said. This person, yeah, but this person talked about how like a bolo, just because it's something's a bolo doesn't mean that you need to pick it up. You know yeah. what I mean? It is just 100% means agree. be on the lookout, maybe throw it in your car and then do your research. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the most important thing that you don't know when you first start selling yeah. is you still need to do research, even though you find a specific brand that may be on a bolo list, because within that bolo, there are tiers, right? Like there are subcategories of the bolo, like what category is it? What's the material? Is it something that was featured in one of those monthly subscription boxes? Like there are so many facets to it. <laughs> when you first start selling, you just hear the word bolo, you associate it with the name and the brand because you're watching all these haul videos or you're watch, you're consuming Instagram content. So you just assume when you first start that all of this is really great and you need to pick it up. Yeah. No, <laughs> you learn that along the way that no, that's not the way that you do it. But like if, if you're new and you're listening and this can kind of halt you from maybe making these mistakes that we made, then we're doing our job. Exactly, exactly. So like one example that I can give to everybody, right? So a bolo, right? When people say, I'll give you guys a good one. Reformation, oh, right? Yeah. People will say, Bolo, Reformation, be on the lookout. Okay, so the old me, or when I would have first started, I would have seen Reformation, freaked out in the store, <laughs> thrown it in my car, and just take it home. That's what I would have done, right? Now, the new me, who knows, I would think, okay, Reformation. How old is the piece? What color is the tag? Is it Reformation or is it Reformation jeans? Because mm. they have they have different tiers, right? There's different diffusion brands, right? What is the category? Is it a top? Is it a dress? Is it a pair of jeans? All of that matters. What is what is the um, the thrift store charging me for this? That also matters. And what is the condition of the piece? Mm -hmm. So all of those factors were before, like when I first started, I would have just, yep, in my cart. And I guarantee you, I would have been so excited and I wouldn't even checked over the piece. 
Oh yeah, why would you? Reformation, oh my gosh. Exactly, why would you ever check that? You're like, this is the brand I need. And, And you have no idea that you should be checking for all of these things when you first start. There's no real like checklist when you first start selling. You're just kind of like, I'm gonna go for it. You know, like there's, there's nothing that really makes you pause, especially when you keep seeing content videos, whatever it is that keep mm-hmm. nailing these brands at you and in your face, like these are the ones you need to look for. You tag knowledge is so important. And mm-hmm. I don't think we see enough of that in the community, like in the vintage community, you definitely see tag knowledge, but in like the modern day, not so much unless you're diving and figuring it out as you go along. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. We love hauls. Don't get us wrong. I love a good haul. But I've I, learned. I do love haul videos. Yeah. I haven't watched one in a really long me time neither. though, to be honest with you. Me neither. They bore me a little now. They kinda they kind of do just yeah. because I feel like I know a, a lot of brands now. Um, mm-hmm. but that's not to say that like I don't learn a thing or two, you know, when I see somebody's post or they, you know, put some pictures of like some brands. I'm like, I I think for me now, it's like the biggest thing that I, I look for because I know what I'm looking for. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. I don't necessarily need to follow bolo brands anymore what I really focus on is so stupid but it's like what does the fabric feel like Mm -hmm. if it's like I'm talking about something that I don't know what it is what does the fabric feel like and the biggest thing is what does the tag look like I'm just gonna say the tag that tag fancy is that a fancy is it made out of cotton is it made out of silk is it made out of something does it say made in the USA? Does it say handcrafted? That you know, so you is it hand stitched? Is it hand stitched or whatever? So literally, I'll go through and I will look at the thrift store. You know, I have my section that I'm looking at, and anytime a tag catches my eye, I throw it in my cart, and then I keep moving. Throw it in my cart, keep moving, and then that's where I will look at the tag, feel the tag, and check sometimes the interior tags because that gives you more information too. The interior tag, if something doesn't have a brand tag on it, don't freak out because a lot of times these more prestigious brands don't actually put brand tags at the top. They put it on the interior. So that's Mm -hmm. one thing. And if it doesn't have an interior tag, I mean, a brand interior tag, then the actual interior tag itself will have information on it that you can use to then look up the brand. So using the RN number and going online and using the RN textile database, looking it up that way. Um, or just looking to see what it says. If it says made in Italy, made in France, more than likely, not always, but more than likely it is something that's worth picking up. Even if it doesn't have a brand associated with it and you can't find it, you can sell it based off of construction and everything else. Like not everything is so brand um, associated. And I think as we're seeing reselling evolve, we're also seeing that trends are taking precedence over brand. So things evolve all the time. And that's definitely something that we have learned. Yeah. So going off of that, the next one, and Niela wrote here, is how 
important uh, inventory management system is and what that really entails. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I think um, that says it all. <laughs> absolutely. I think that when I first started, I definitely had an Excel spreadsheet. I always knew that I needed to have some kind of an organization, at least just to like know how many pieces I had and what I was spending at least, you know, that's the biggest thing is just spending. I, I really, I just remember, and I think that's where like my idea when I first started for, for RIA, you know, when I did this inventory management app was because I, I just heard so many people who were talking about how much inventory they had in their house, but not really like knowing the number, you know, or just like, I sometimes write it down in a book. Sometimes I have multiple notebooks or, and I'm just like, wow, like that's just crazy to me that you can keep all this somehow tracked, but I know that they really didn't, yeah. you know, so. <laughs> but there isn't a huge emphasis on it really, yeah. but I feel like there are more tools that have come out now for resellers where yes. it's highlighting the importance of having something, some sort of inventory management system. And it doesn't have to be anything fancy, no. I think that's something that's a misconception that you have as a newer reseller. Like all these big resellers have all this organization and shelves and bins and boxes and whatever else. It's like, you really don't need that. Whatever space you're working with, find something that's going to just keep everything in its own little spot. You know where to go, where to grab it. Doesn't have to be a tote system. Doesn't have to be a numbered system. It can be simply by category, which is what I ended up doing. All my jeans are in this one place. All of my tops are in this one place. You can color code it if you want, but like space is obviously plays a, a part in that. Um, but yeah, I wish I had had a real inventory system from the beginning, mm -hmm. but I'm thankful that I have one now and that I learned how important it is along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's see. The next one is reseller drama and how consuming it can be. Who knew that there was reseller drama? I, yeah. When you definitely. first start, you're so naive, but every <laughs> community has drama and things and, you know, the cool kids and all that kind of stuff. It's just mm -hmm. like any other community, but holy moly, can it be consuming when you first start? Because you're like, I want to know all the details about all these people. Like, who am I going to associate with? What do I want to talk to this person? Will I be looked badly upon if I talk to this person? What if I have a relationship with this person? And now I've learned all these new things about them. Like, just don't <laughs> just be a kind human and talk to whoever you want yeah nothing nothing and nothing don't be consumed and scroll and scroll and scroll just do your work like social media and reselling it's just it's a lot <laughs> it, it is it's a lot and I think I know we kind of talked touched on this a little bit in our patreon group you know yeah. we are talking about this and I think the best way that you have to think about this and that how consuming it can be and um, I think over the past few years, it's definitely gotten where, like you said, there's like, who has a lot of followers, who has a lot of likes, all those things. And that sometimes it can feel like a popularity contest, mm -hmm. you know, um, but also there are, you have to think like there are people out there that are dedicating their, all their time to this and they are putting out amazing content and amazing information for you guys. And I, and I, and I applaud those people. I really, really do because it's amazing what they have been able to build in this empire that they can build, you know? And I think there is something about like, um, you know, 
being happy for them, but at the same time, we don't have to idolize it either. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, it's just one of those things that you have to remember. This is what I said. You have to re just remember that you got into reselling to make money. That's why you did it, you know, not to be popular, not to be, but if that's part of your plan, right. And you're like, no, being popular and having a lot of followers is part of like how I want to build this empire, then go for it. Go ahead, you know, go ahead and do it. But there's always going to be drama along the way. That's mm -hmm. just how it is, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So I, I agree. I think for, for, for me, I, I never realized, you know, that yeah. I, you know, um, I still get bamboozled when I see things. I'm like, wait, what? Because the amount of time that Jen and I spend on social media for Instagram is literally only really related to the podcast. And like, yeah. that's really it. Like we'll scroll, but I try not to spend too much time in the reselling community space because if I have reselling work to do, I need to focus on that. I kind of go get my little daily dose. And then I'm like, all right, I'm yeah, I like to see kind of what my my friends that I've made over the yep. years, you know, what are yep. they doing? What are they finding? How are they doing? Because I, I have met some really amazing people yep. through social media, um, but I have reduced my time on there. Yeah. And I do feel a lot better for reducing my time because I, I was starting to see my screen time reports, you know, and they're really shocking to me at how long, you know, I would be spending on, on, on social media. And I just wanted to stop that. I wanted to be more present in my own life. So now I put a, you know, 15, 20 minute timer basically on Instagram for myself every day. I scroll through the things that I want to scroll through and then that's it. And I feel fine. Like, I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything else. <laughs> yeah. And like, I get like a highlight reel. Okay. Everyone's kind of saying the same thing in their stories. Cool. I get the gist of it. Moving on. Don't need to do it anymore. <laughs> that's kind of what I end up doing. And I love the connections and everyone that I talk to on there. And I want it to seem like we don't like social media because we do, we like to connect with everyone, but it's very consuming. Yes you stay on there for too long and Jen and I are not concerned about growing our following or anything like that like neither one of us have 10,000 followers on Instagram and neither one of us care like there was a point in time that maybe we cared a little bit but as time has gone on we, we don't really care I get over it <laughs> yeah it's fine <laughs> you know but I think that's a really good way of putting it like social media is great the community is great absolutely yep. that's something I didn't know like I didn't know yeah. how amazing this community yes. is and how helpful, how helpful the community mm -hmm. is. Like I said, the content that some of these people are posting is amazing. It's yes. so, so, so helpful. And they are taking so much time out of their day to build all this and to make it look flawless. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I, like I said, I'm just in awe of like some of these legit entrepreneurs who are just building their empire. It's absolutely amazing. You know, so, you know, it, it's a, it's a great community. But like you said, good or bad, it can be consuming. So, yes. you know, I'm just mindful of my time and my screen time. That's all. That's all. You yeah. know, like I said, I really didn't think that I was going to be on social media. Yeah. When I first Same. Started. Neither did I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind have a podcast where I'm talking to thousands of people every week. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, how much work reselling actually is? I had no idea. I just thought I took pictures, threw things in the bin and called it a day. Me too. Yeah, Me that's too. not it. <laughs> I thought it was super simple. Like, wow, what an easy way to make money. This is so easy. I thought like, especially when I think we first started because it wasn't as 
popular. Yeah. Um, it was so easy to find stuff. So I know, you know, how you think about it, I just want to cry. No, but also it was also easy for us to find stuff because we didn't have the lessons that we've learned today. Right. So it was easier for, and we would take more risks, I think back then, right. Where you would just pick up, yeah, yeah, I can pick that up. Or I can, I mean, I, I remember picking up every single anthropology piece that I saw, whether it was a crusty tank top or a beautiful (laughs) coat, like it didn't matter. It had anthropology on it. That's all that matters. Anthropology on it had that RN number. I was all about it, you know? So, um, you know, that was definitely, you know, something that I didn't know, but, um, yes, reselling is a lot, a lot of work. It's a lot of behind the scenes things. Um, you know, you go through a thrift store and you spend hours and hours there. You come back with like two things like, Oh, like that is hard. You photograph things, your back might hurt. You know what I mean? You're trying to get the right angles at the right time, the right, whatever you're trying to get. Right. It's a, it's a lot, a lot of work, especially if you're trying to make it a business. Like if this is a hobby, you just like to sell things when you feel like it totally different. The amount of work that goes into it is a little more different. It's more creative, right? When it's your hobby, but when you're doing this to either be your full-time income or it's supplemental to your full-time income that you already make, there are just so many, so many facets to it. And I think we get hung up on different things. We, I know I still do. There are certain things where it just take me a lot longer because I'm so particular about the way they have to be, or it's finding the time to do all these things that I know I need to do, but I really only have time to do two of them, but I know I need to do all four tasks. It's like this constant, it's always on your mind. I think that's, that's the thing about reselling. It never actually goes away. It never actually shuts off. I don't care if you're on vacation mode, whatever it is, like it's still in the back of your mind because it's your baby that you're growing. Like it's, it's hard. And the amount of work to understand how to be successful in reselling is what's the most draining. And it's what you don't know when you first go into this with that like preconceived notion of I'm going to make this a business, like to Mm -hmm. actually get to the point of it being successful and you turning a profit, like the work that goes into that is a lot. Definitely. 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 But it's worth it. It's worth it. If you have a good strategy, a good plan, you have goals, put in place and support systems and all that stuff. It is 100% worth it with their successful people doing this every single day that are not on social media, that you have no idea even exist in in this world that make lots and lots of money. Very, very true. That's a good one. This, this is my favorite one that we're going to talk about. Okay. So you don't actually need to source all the time to be successful. Oh, actually you, you don't. (laughs) contrary to popular belief you don't you really really don't I 100% thought I had to be in those thrift stores every single day morning noon and night gotta get all the good stuff that new rack is mine you need to know every rotation you need to be there for every single rotation because the other reseller that lives in your area is going to get it and you need to get it before them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so bad yeah definitely definitely you do not need to do this. It's about sourcing smart, right? Sourcing smarter, not harder. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. You need to understand what sells for you, what categories you enjoy selling, what categories actually sell for you. What are the brands that you really want to focus on instead of other ones? Because as you do this and as you develop, you learn what brands actually work for your business, 
what styles actually work for your business. Maybe you don't want to do modern. Maybe you want to do home goods. Maybe you want to do vintage. Maybe you want to do electronics. Like these are all things you learn with time, but the idea of like needing to be in the trenches every single day. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Not necessary. Because not only do you not need to be out, you can do this from your home. So if you really do enjoy the sourcing process or you are a buyer, yes, you can do it daily, but there are so many other ways to do it. You don't have to actually physically drive anywhere and spend the gas and, and spend that time. You can be home. Yeah. And I think people equate to like, well, I need to source all the time. So I have stuff to list all the time, but mm. Really, that's that's not the truth, right? And that's what I thought too. I always need to have new inventory. It's like, yeah, you can, but it's about spacing out the listings, yes. you know, and making sure that you have everything prepped and ready to go so that you can have a constant flow of inventory coming into your closet. And you learn, obviously, with this over time, how many pieces you can process, right? And how long it'll take you to get through those pieces too, and so, logistically, yeah. what's your sell-through rate and how much are you actually turning over to mm-hmm. then make set, like to then tell you how much you need to bring in? Like, it's not just, I need to bring more in because I'm selling some things, but how much are you actually selling so that you actually have a system in place where these are the items going out and I'm bringing in the exact same amount of items to sell because this is what I seem to be selling every single month. Like that's diving even deeper into your data and your numbers, but that's what it actually means. Yes. I know. Sorry. Everyone. I know everyone loves, I love sourcing. Who doesn't love sourcing? It's the best part of the job, but you have to be strategic with your sourcing. I know people are going to hate me for that, but you do. I think that we can all, including myself, get carried away. I definitely would get FOMO like, Oh my God, I'm not there. What if somebody like, what if like, that's when like the rack of designer stuff comes out? (laughs) Yeah, of course that, that is definitely the thought for everybody, but if you're always at the thrift store, you're always sourcing, then when are you listing? When are you photographing? When are uh-huh. you shipping? You know, so um, it's about a balance. Yes. But I definitely think, yeah, at the beginning, it was just like, go all the time. And then as I kind of tailored and refined the way that I resold, um, I only really needed to go two times a week. And I had it pretty down. And, and so like, I knew what my days, like I said, I like, I like to batch work. That's just how I am. So for me, it it worked out where I was like, I have a sourcing day, a listing day, a photographing day, a whatever, you know what I mean? And so, um, and, and, and obviously that was never perfect because maybe there were days on the photographing day that I knew it was going to be a cloudy day and it wasn't going to be great. Okay. So then I'll switch it around to that, making that a listing day or something, but always having kind of stuff in your backlog. So you can always work on whatever it is that you need to work on kind of thing. But yeah, but don't hate us for our comments. Okay. Huh? I said, don't hate us for our comments, (laughs) dear friends who are listening. It's it's just the truth. And we all need to hear it sometimes. (laughs) Um, You know, on top of that, right. Where we talk about, you don't need to source all the time to be successful. 
um, also plays into this next thing where there is a strategy to shopping, particularly shopping at a thrift store. Yes, there's strategy to shopping online, but I really didn't know that there was a strategy. I just kind of, when I first started to go in there and just start in my favorite category, you know, whether it was shoes, jeans or whatever, I would just go to that category and just start sifting through the racks and looking for stuff. Uh, and that was it. Whether I found something good or not, okay, I finished this section, let me move on to the next section. And so when I would do that, sometimes it would take me like up to three hours in yep. one thrift store, one yep. thrift trip, maybe even four hours, you know, at one store, because I figured I had to go through the whole store. I have to see what's here, you know, but once you kind of figure out what your strategy is, that's when I realized, like, I don't need to look at everything. There is like using the color coding system to your advantage. I never knew that that was a thing that you could right. do, right? Well, you, you just don't know that. I think figuring out the stores that work for you, what their scheduling looks like, what kind of items they bring in, just having that strategy, which we have a whole episode about. If you go back a few weeks, mm-hmm. we have a whole episode about strategy in the thrift store. Um, I, I think as you evolve, you learn the importance of this and because your time is valuable, no matter what your job is, your time is valuable and finding efficient systems is so mm-hmm. important. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was just, like I said, I would go kind of one day a week and I, I would tailor it to, or twice a week. And I would tailor it to when I knew that store was bringing out new inventory, you know, and I would be there as soon as they opened up and I knew that they were putting out inventory and it was quiet, or I would go on days where it was senior days. Cause it was you just got to figure it out for yourself but yeah I didn't know that there was a strategy to it honestly I thought that you just go into a thrift store and you just kind of hope for the best and you just have fun yeah you just just have fun doing it it. Mm -hmm. but it was nice because once I kind of learned how to do that sometimes I can be in and out of a thrift store in like less than 20 minutes even you know Mm -hmm. just because like I know what I'm looking for and that way I can hit up more stores on that day rather than being only being able to do two let's say if I was going to be doing for stores for, you know, two, three, or not, sorry, not two, three, but three, four hours. You could right. really only go to two then. But once you right. tailor it down, like I was able to go to, I want to say I generally was hitting like about four to five places in one day. That's so good. When I go to Boston, that's what I try to do. That's I try right. to do at least four, five, if it's a really good day, but four is like, I definitely hit four places because not only are they, they're not too far from each other, but yeah, more opportunity. Yeah. And they're smaller, the stores too. So you mm-hmm. can, except for like Harrison, yeah. that's like a beast, but that's um, like a two hour just to get through. Half that was always the first one that I would go to because I knew that was the one that I had to put the most energy into. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, and that's where the bins were. So correct. Yeah. Next up, we have never count a store out due to one bad day of shopping. And I think when you are newer to reselling, it's so easy to be discouraged by this happening. Um, and it kind of makes you not want to do it. You're like, I don't want to go sourcing here anymore. It's a complete waste of time. But as you evolve as a seller, you learn this happens all the time. Yeah, exactly. I counted out places for so many years because I was like, I went there a few times and it always sucked for me. It always sucked for me. Yeah. But like, you, you really can't count anything out. You, you just don't know. Maybe you went on a bad day. Maybe there was another reseller there that picks up similar things to you that picked up everything right before you came. Um, you know, maybe donations were dry, you know, and, and, and 
maybe new people moved into this neighborhood. It, like you never know. There's so many different things. So never ever count out a location because you could be missing out on stuff. You just kind of have to, I would say if you're in the area and you just happen to be in it and it spills one that you're like, I don't really like it, just, just pop in and you'll know right away, you know, if it's worth it or not. But like, I've definitely count out counted out locations and then years later, I've gone back to it and been like, oh my gosh, what was I thinking, you know? <laughs> Why did I never go here? And like, just yeah. because a store is in a certain location doesn't mean that the product that they get isn't good. I think that's another thing too. Like, we just assume that if this store is in this community, it's not going to have good things. And oh, contrary yeah. like, to like if belief, it's in a fancy neighborhood or something. Mm-hmm. The fancy neighborhood doesn't always have the good stuff. It's actually the other neighborhood that has the best stuff because the fancy people donate it to that area, not the one that they're in. Fun fact. Right, right, right. And and like, you just never know who lives where. That too. Like, and who likes what, who has certain styles. No, or where I, the I, donations like, come from. Because some of them have drop-off yeah. bins across counties some of some of them get truckloads of donations that come in from other states like you don't know you just don't yeah. know yeah um nope, never know so don't ever count out a store no don't listen to jen keywords oh keywords people they make all the difference when you're listing so I think before, when I first started listing, I was thinking I had to make my listing sound like I was in a, like, like, I don't know, like I was in madewell.com and like, yeah. you know, like beautiful pair of like brushed jeans, like, like lived in, <laughs> like, like lightly worn and perfect to be worn on like Saturdays with a white top while you're going to the farmer's market and picking up all your food. It's like, no one freaking cares. Just give me the details. Give me the measurements. Try to do measurements. I know people always hate measurements, but I hate getting asked that question. So I just put in measurements when I can. <laughs> not all the time. I'm not perfect. <laughs> I know, definitely don't. The state, please put the state of the item. You know, if there's any flaws, you note them, take pictures of the flaws. Too. Like it doesn't need to be a storybook is what I'm trying to oh. say. Nope bullet point list. Here are all the important facts you need to know about it. Have a good day. That's it. That's all you need to do. Um, I think because I worked in marketing and I had an SEO background, keyword background and working Mm -hmm. as a teacher of visually impaired, understanding the importance of like descriptive words and stuff. This came easy to me when it, when it came to reselling, I never really struggled with it because of my background, but people who don't have backgrounds in it do struggle with it, or they see all these different examples and they don't know which one is the right one. Do I just do a bulleted list? Do I go more detailed? Do I incorporate all these extra things in it to entice the buyer to maybe bundle it with something else in the closet? Like, just keep it simple. Just keep it simple. Just keep it simple. And then with key, when we say keywords, right, it's not descriptive it is descriptive words but it's not descriptive in in a sense that you're telling the story of the piece right right. it's more like and you can literally do this at the end you can just put in a section that says keywords at the bottom you know and or tags I've seen people do that you know and it can just be like boho chic whatever you know what I mean like this type of core like use your keywords the trend things um if you're looking like wedding guest dress cocktail dress like think about how if you were looking for this piece not knowing that you have this piece but that you needed something that was like this piece how would you search for it mm-hmm. right so Take like let's title. say for example 
I keep interrupting you. I'm sorry. It's okay. We do this all the time on Thrifters Bill. <laughs> no, so it's just saying, for example, let's say I'm looking for a wedding dress, right? I'm going to be a guest at a wedding dress and I want a wedding dress. And I know that I want to wear a, like a cocktail length green dress, but I don't know what brand and I just want to see what would I type in? I probably would type in, you know, green cocktail dress green wedding guest cocktail dress even don't put cute in your listing but I would sometimes you know, sometimes people will put cute right like you know what I mean but like think of, like you don't have to put cute as a key word because that's kind of too big you kind of want to tailor it down a little bit but again there's some really really great people out there that are giving this information out for free and you can look we even have quite a few episodes about SEO and everything but it's so 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 important especially now that we have a lot of more people kind of coming into the game and selling a lot more stuff you want to make sure that your words as people are typing are the words that people are typing to look for that piece yeah to go off what Jen was saying one um when you do your keywords if you decide to do them at the end of your post please do not brand spew all over the place don't put brand names in there that that. piece please don't do that that's so bad (laughs) it is so so bad um the second thing is if you're not sure if your title is optimized with the correct seo or keywords copy paste it into google hit search and see what happens that's the easiest way to do it and then what you were saying about like how buyers search and how some might search like green cocktail dress. This is where the theory of using a very simple title comes into play. I understand why people think that just putting like green dress might work. The funnel is just so much bigger and Google might not necessarily rank you the way that you should be ranked if you do that. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. So rather than like you said, like if you put green dress, put like green the material you know what I mean uh the length or something so like green satin midi wedding guest cocktail dress I don't know like something like that or like or or cocktail dress or whatever or party dress or something like that just make it a little bit longer so that funnel and the 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 searches that come back is just a little bit less and people will then target onto yours which brings into our next topic (laughs) is simple photos oh my gosh I mean the I can't tell lay. you the end <laughs> simple photo simple 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 you do not need a fancy background no. you do not need to get no like when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping Kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week you can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time Kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply plants or you know shoes to go with the outfit to go with like you don't need any of that literally you just and you don't even need to have like a fancy white background the back of a door is fine (laughs) like you know it doesn't as long as the item the thing is like it's about like what does the item look like you know so big thing for me is like so say let's go with that green cocktail dress type it in a bunch pop pop Mm -hmm. right 
what's the first thing that I'm going to look for? I'm going to look at the cover shot, right? A cover shot makes all the difference. And when I see cover shots, if I see something thrown on the floor, it's wrinkled, it's dirty, if the lighting's really dark. Now, if I'm reselling and looking for stuff, I might look at it. But if I'm looking as a regular consumer, I'm more than likely not going to click on those. But if I see somebody who like it, and and that's, and then the other thing is I do not, I will not, I refuse. There's two things that I will refuse to buy from people. One, I refuse to buy things from people who only use stock photos Mm. because I don't know what the quality, what, what the quality of the piece actually looks like that they're selling. Number one. And the second thing that I don't um, buy from are people who, you know how you can like reuse people's photos Oh yeah, no, I don't like that. Buy something. I will not buy something from someone who reuse only reuse the photos because I do not know what the current state of that piece is. I have no idea if they've worn it five, six, seven times going out to the club and sweating in it. Like you don't know. know. You don't know. So just take a couple of photos, the back, the front, any details that you want to talk about please put the tags in there too. That also helps too in case of return cases or anything else like that. Put in like the, the, the size tag, the care tag, and then any other details, you know, like whether it's like a beautiful detail in it or if there is a flaw, try to get some, you know, good angles of the flaw itself. But it's simple, simple photos. Yeah. Don't need to get fancy. I think as you progress, you may want to, you'll, you'll create your own style of what you want. So if you are more intricate in your photo setup, that doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. I mean, but this is for people that are just starting out or maybe things that we thought we had to do when we first started. And I know some people have really pretty photos with like, it's like, it's just a plain wall, but they've got like this bohemian thing on one side and a plant on the other. Listen, that's your vibe. Do you? That's great. Your photos look wonderful. Me? I just got to slap it on the wall and call it a day. I'm going to take the necessary photos that I need, whatever's going to, and I am a very successful seller. So you don't have to be fancy. It's not a necessity. No. And like you said, like, I think it's really great that people want to incorporate their artistry in it. I'm all about that. All we're saying is that you don't have to. That's all. You You don't. don't have to. And I think that when I first started, I thought I had to. I thought I had to have the little fake plant and you know what I mean? And all these, this other stuff in the background and really make it feel like something like my, my photographs came out of like a world-class studio, you know, right. um, you don't have to just, you know, make it clean. We, like we said, make sure that it doesn't look dirty and make sure that you, um, steam it. Steaming yeah. it is a big, big thing too. Yeah. Steam those tags too. That makes a big difference. Yes, it does. <laughs> if the tag's sticking all weird. Um, if, I think if you have a Shopify store or you're trying to build your own website, then don't listen to this advice we just gave you. you no, no, no. You really should. You really should like, um, personalize and customize and brand yourself, you know, but like we said, again, these are just things that we wish that we knew, like, you don't have to do this stuff. Like you don't have to kill yourself. If you're like every day, like I'm dreading photographing because I have to like, you know, pick up, find all these pieces in my house or find the right background or find the right lighting or whatever it is. You you don't have to like outside works perfectly fine. Hanging it on a fence, hanging it up against a white wall, the back of a door, like you'll be wherever. (laughs) Yeah. You'll be okay. You know? Yeah. You'll be just fine. And the Mm -hmm. last thing we're going to talk about, which Poshmark community, we blame you for this, but simple packaging, man, 
There's no need to be fancy. Why did Poshmark start this? <laughs> I spent so much money and time oh, on it's so tissue bad. paper and stickers and oh my god, like poly mailers. Like yes, I get it. If you want to have like cute poly mailers, cool. Go ahead. You know, but I'm gonna go with the free stuff. The only thing that I would, that I do spend money on are um, the clear poly mailers. Like, you know what I mean? Just so that my item is protected, um, you know, from any, any of the outdoor elements or anything like that. That's the only thing that I spend money now on. I used to buy stickers. I used to buy like, like um, all these beautiful, like themed, depending on what the what the time of the year was, I would yep. get like those poly mailers. Oh my gosh. I No, you don't need it. You'll be you don't fine. need to do any of that. Unless again, you're building your own brand and you're going to be branching out and whatever that, then that's different. But if you're just selling on um, Poshmark, because I'll tell you right now as an eBay seller, I don't do half of that stuff. When I sell mm-hmm. things on eBay, I just throw it in a poly mailer and call it a day. Have a good mm-hmm. one. When you buy things on eBay, it is nothing like when you buy things on Poshmark or like when you buy things on Macar- Poshmark has created this culture where it has to look a certain way. It has to be a certain way. There's no rule that says it needs to be this way. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. So when if you're first starting out too, and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to spend X amount of money on packaging materials. You don't, you know, you really don't. Guess what? It's free. It's all free. Just use the stuff that you have. Um, Daniela got away with not having a Dymo or a Rolo or whatever for many, many years. There are definitely ways that you can get away with not having to do that or use it. Um, I will say it is one of the better, um, investments though that you could make for your business um once you get there I would highly recommend it um but there are definitely ways that you can just keep your packaging simple as long as your item arrives in the condition that you said that it was going to arrive in and like we said maybe just add in a protective layer sometimes that sometimes I'm out of those bags and sometimes it just goes same in the box (laughs) same but I've never gotten a bad review about it. I mean, there might be somebody who was like, oh, I wish that it was packaged a little bit nicer. And I'm like, well, then, honey, why don't you go to Nordstrom's? Yeah, go somewhere else. Because I can tell you when I've gotten things from Nordstrom's or Madewell or Everlane, it's not always packaged nicely. Sometimes, Like Nordstrom's infamous for doing this. Sometimes they just throw things. Like there's no box. There's nothing. It's just here you go. Here's your piece. Have a good day. Like we can do complain to Nordstrom that they didn't package it nicely. No, you're not. Yeah. You're not oh, my God. And I just thought of one more, another one. That's a big one that really, I didn't know, but like yeah. uh, when we first started reselling, like one bad review is not going to kill you. Oh my God. You can get a million of them. It doesn't matter, especially on Poshmark. <laughs> as long as you get paid, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what, I mean, obviously I care a little bit. If okay. they, if it's All right. A, fine. All right. Sorry. It's Friday. If it's We're a continuous soft. issue and it's like something has to do with me, then okay, fine. I care a little bit and I'll, I'll improve, but at the end of the day, if someone says this didn't fit right, okay, so, so I don't like figure out what, yeah, just, just don't, don't let it get to you. Don't let it discourage no. you. Cause that was it's something like, money. yeah, I didn't cool. Yeah. That was definitely something before I started reselling. I, I didn't know that returns were a thing or that like, that was going to be a problem, but it makes sense, right? We're in customer service. This is what we're doing. This is the product we're providing. And there is going to be a small percentage of people who will want to return your things. And it is up to you on how you want to handle it. But don't beat yourself up. No. If you get a bad review. If you, I remember the first time I got a four-star review, I was like, oh my 
god my rating's my gonna go down it's over <laughs> i failed as a reseller i failed now it's like when i if i do see like you got a rating and then i'm like all right that's cool they still they still whatever <laughs> you still accepted and um, i got my money I got my money. <laughs> or when there's a return open, like I know people go in, they look at the case and stuff. I don't even bother anymore. I used to. I'm just like, all right, Poshmark, do your thing because whether you agree with me or not really doesn't matter. You're going to make your own decision. So what difference is yeah, it? Make? Yeah. Most of the time when I get, if I get an open case, I usually, this is just me though, because I don't want to spend the energy. Most of the time I just say, you know, if you want to return it, it's fine. I'm not going to fight you know, yeah. for something that's, that's small, but obviously there are those cases and I've had cases for very expensive things where I'm just like, Oh no, 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 that is not <laughs> going to happen. So don't be afraid to like, you know, stand your ground. And that's why we said, it's really important to have those like simple photos, but like making sure that you have all the details, you know, that you need. Um, I know that's why too, I would forever, I was, I was putting measurements in there because I, I would, when people would say it doesn't fit, I would say, well, I provided the measurements, <laughs> you know, that was always an argument, yeah. but, um, yeah, no, but you're doing a great job. Always remember that where yeah. you are right now in your journey is perfectly fine. You're doing a great job. And like we said, these are all just things that we wish we kind of knew before we started reselling or even early, early on in our career yeah. of reselling, we, we really didn't know. Um, but just and we're still this. learning. Oh God. Yeah. There's still things sometimes I'm like, Oh, why have I done it this way the whole time? That makes no sense. Exactly. Exactly. People have great advice. You know, there's a lot of really great content out there. Um, and people who are doing absolutely amazing things out of tiny, tiny spaces. And there are people who are doing amazing things that we've never even heard of. Mm -hmm. You just never know. So yeah, I think those are really kind of about it. Yeah, I think, so. I think that's all the things. Hopefully you either agreed with us or had sentiments that resonated with you as we were talking. Maybe you have other things that you wish you had known before you started. Let us know on the Instagram post for this episode. Let us know other things that you wish you knew that now mm -hmm. you know, and now you're like kicking yourself because you didn't understand that before. I'm sure there's way more things that we even talked about. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Like all the things that you left behind knowing what oh, you know now. That's a, that's a whole episode in and of itself. <laughs> <laughs> that is a whole episode of all the things I left behind that now I look back. If only I could go back in time. Oh, if only. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Bye. Bye-bye.